You're listening to K&J Recaps. Welcome back to K&J Recaps. We are here recapping Stranger Things Season 2, Episode 3, The Polywog. I am Jess. I am Kim. Uh, Kim, so this one especially ended on a real cliffhanger once we get to the end. I must watch immediately. <laughs> like, I know. So uh, I think we're eager to record this episode three and then yeah. follow immediately with it. I'm so interested. Forth. I don't know the answer to this question, whether the majority of our listeners have already watched, watched everything and yeah. they're kind of like listening for the fun of like hearing our theories and how right and wrong they may be. And how dedicated go, you are if that as is As we case. go. Or sometimes we have had people who have messaged us who have watched, like, they watched the show ages ago in the episode, in in the um, uh, example of season one, where, like, it's months later, and because we recap, they are kind of re-experiencing the show. Anyway, um, so... If there's anyone out there who is actually watching it the way that we are, where you're watching one episode at a time and then listening to the podcast in between, then like, how, yeah, how are, you doing, are you doing that? And I did see an article, like, I'm avoiding the internet like the plague, which is very difficult. Yeah. Um, and of course, I follow a lot of, like, sources that cover Stranger Things. But I saw a headline, because I'm not clicking on anything, I'm looking forward to reading everything once we're through this, that said that potentially Netflix is doing itself a disservice releasing this in in bulk and I actually am enjoying the fact that we're getting even though we're watching quite quickly we're not back to back yeah and I think you do get a lot more out of it by having a chance to kind of like Stew sit with it yeah because yeah. I did find we watched this episode first last night then we rewatched it this morning before we're podcasting and it find like always I see stuff on the second watch for sure but even yeah. then like I don't know, the fact that you've had to, time to kind of break mull it down, it over. mull it over, enjoy it, give them space to breathe. And they're long episodes. They're, they're an hour yeah. um, without commercials. So there's lots of content in them, even That's though right. it is kind of lighter. So so with that, we will dive in. We're doing episode, our scene-by-scene um, recaps. And certainly, if you have any comments on what we're doing, leave us uh, some feedback at kjrecaps.com slash feedback. Or um, please do leave us a review or rating uh, in iTunes. It's amazingly helpful to get us noticed. And without further ado, shall we dive in Let's to do scene it. one? Yeah. Okay, so our cold open picks up immediately after the last episode where Dust- Dustin has uh, found not a gremlin, but a, a polywog, question yeah. mark. <laughs> uh, but I mean, like sort of gremlin-esque, if I'm being honest. Absolutely. I think you were on the right track with gremlin, <laughs> for sure. Uh, so he, we don't see the polywog at this point, of course. He has it hidden in the ghost trap of his Ghostbusters costume. Like, really innovative. Absolutely. That thing um, came in handy. Really handy. So Dustin's mom, who I just adore <laughs> i don't know the name of this actress but oh, she was on orange is the, the new, new black, black. Yeah. yeah and she is so perfectly cast in this and they have the most awkward exchange it's amazing. uh where you know like she tells dustin that he's acting really weird and he gives her a really unbelievable excuse and then they both laugh awkwardly yeah <laughs> and then he just goes to his room and i think the reason that dustin's able to get away with this behavior throughout this episode because <laughs> it appears multiple times <laughs> yeah is that it's like 
both weird and not that weird for Dustin. For, like yeah, he's Dustin, a weird yeah. kid. So yes. it's kind of like it's maybe on the edge of what it would be believable for him in character anyway. And you're kind of like, right. Sure. He's a weird kid, but and he's a good kid. Like oh, all like, of these kids are ones that with the exception of like Mike's recent uh, troubled yeah. uh, behavior. Like these are kids that don't get into trouble. They do well in school. They have a great relationship with their teacher, Mr. Clark. I mean, Dustin's mom did not find it to be you know, I guess out of side of the realm of possibility that Dustin did in fact install a motor that Absolutely. could make his... It's actually not outside the realm of possibility at all. He I... built a whole trap that exactly. functioned. Exactly. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. Anyway, but this was a really cute scene between the two of them uh, that I enjoyed. So once Dustin gets back to his room, he evicts his uh, turtle, Yertle, uh, <laughs> from his terrarium <laughs> and uh, and dumps the contents of the trap inside. And so it's this like tadpole polywog slug thing uh, that he names Dart after D'Artagnan D'Artagnan from the Three Musketeers and uh, fittingly he gives Dart some Three Musketeers <laughs> to eat which he apparently <laughs> enjoys and uh, um, we find out that he does not like heat or the like the light. light and heat yeah. yeah so what do you think about D'Artagnan can we talk about D'Artagnan here yes. since he's going to be the focus of the episode yep so, uh, like, my initial instinct is that D'Artagnan is, like, going to evolve into a Demogorgon. Okay. So, like, when we find out later in the episode that uh, Will suspects that D'Artagnan is already evolved from the, like, slug that he cough- coughed up that we saw at the end of last season. Yeah. It's now growing legs and whatever. I mean, I think the evolution has only just begun and kind of tellingly... D'Artagnan has a mouth and no eyes, which is, right. you know, in He seems to only have a two-parted mouth. That is but true. But that could be part of the evolution yeah. of him. I mean, yeah. it, I may be wrong, but, uh, I mean, it's going to evolve into something big and something that would otherwise be scary. So do you think it won't be scary because it's now formed a bond with Dustin and that there is, like... I think it will go one of two ways. Either one, Dustin has formed a misguided bond with a predator. And um, he is going to think that he can tame it and is going to be reluctant to allow anything to happen to it or have it come to harm because it's he thinks that he can tame it. Right. Um, and he's keeping secrets from his friends and that's already starting to happen and whatever. Yeah. So it could go that way where things kind of like uh, get to a point where Dustin has no choice to, but to accept that he cannot continue to treat this predator, predator as a pet. Or on the way opposite side of that, it's that like kind of a gremlins type deal, right? Where you have formed a bond with a creature that um, would otherwise be scary. And maybe because they have this bond, this creature may even come to their aid at some point yeah. against other predators or other others of its own kind because it has this bond that they, you know, it would not have had had Dustin not brought it in when it was... A baby. Yeah. I think the latter option seems more Stranger things e mm-hmm. than the first. The first can go very dark. Yeah. <laughs> it would mean like, you know, you've got this adorable bond that's happening. Yeah. It's hard to tell because the creature can pretty much only like chitter S- and screech. screech. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like hard to tell whether the screeching is actually um, antagonistic or threatening or whether it's just being interpreted that way by yes. some of them and like... You know, they're seeing the same thing from two different perspectives. Right. Um, and whether Will's reaction, you know, is related to the fact that 
he associates it with the upside down, which is obviously much more traumatizing than for everybody else. Yes. But I do think that there is something to like, if they're going to turn this thing into something that really is pure, like evil and against us, like the kind of one dimensional version we got of the Demogorgon in the last season, then like there's going to be this like really horrific scene of like turn of events to get there. So it'd right. be interesting to Where see. Where Dustin's like, no! Yeah, but not, like, like kills friend. They're like, killing his yeah. friend and they have no choice. But yeah, I would in- be inclined to agree. I think that option two is probably a little bit more likely um, just because of what we know of the show, as you said, but also because we are seeing that this mm-hmm. isn't a one-sided bond. When Dustin calls to D'Artagnan at the end of the episode and, uh, you know, D'Artagnan is hiding in a corner when Will yeah. finds him him but when Dustin comes and puts his hands out D'Artagnan comes to him willingly and then he hides under his hat he seems to have a connection with Dustin just like Dustin has a connection with it right yeah um yeah I I think that that's probably the way we're gonna go I hope it is and with his uh his growth trajectory thus far he's gonna get big quick yeah (laughs) (laughs) you're right quite the evolution already so it's taken if it is the slug it's taken like 300 plus days to get to this point and now he's gone from like but maybe because he's being fed that's I don't know, my or question like loved. is like maybe he it can't possibly be the same slug okay i think that i mean first of all there's chittering everywhere there was chittering in the fields when hopper was right. going so through. they're like everywhere yeah exactly right. i think that it is the same type of thing that will coughed up but it is not the only one i think that they are everywhere and so on that note do you think that like, given that D'Artagnan was in the garbage can foraging for food, yeah. are, are these things... What's killing the... What's uh, killing the crops? Yeah. Are they eating all of the crops? Are they an invasive species that that is kind of, like, <laughs> destroying the... Um, yes, although there's things farm. that come up with Dr. Owens later, too, that make me wonder if they could be maybe separate. Yeah, like, okay. And the way that the food source is not being completely devoured there, but rather, like, rotting. Yes. But, yeah, let's... Although D'Artagnan is slimy, he's like a living booger, which and there is slime all over the crops. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. It could go kind of either or way. Or maybe there. like they're associated, but not ne- anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we get the credits and then we open um, after that with more of Ellen Hopper's story. So she Hopper is seen again leaving food and now Ella's watching um, for him. She looks a bit like warmer and better dressed. And she clearly, you kind of see her make the decision that she's going to, mm-hmm. you know, show herself to him. Yeah, like, she, so she's wearing, like, the hunter or yeah. the, like, mean guy's uh, hat and coat now. Yeah. But she definitely looks malnourished yeah. and, you know, like. Well, and she's been living in the woods in the snow. So, yeah. like, and I just love, so, like, I love Hopper so much and more and more <laughs> with every single episode. But I love his approach here that he's not, yes. he doesn't go trying to find her, which he probably couldn't anyway. She's very good at this. But, like. Right. His approach is that he'll just keep doing at least this and that she'll do exactly what she does, which is expose herself, not in a disgusting way, which is what that yes. just sounded like. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry, God. <laughs> she'll reveal herself. There's a better word. Um, yeah. And she looks scared. And so that flashes forward to present where Hopper is trying to wake her up. This is the morning after. As we know, this picks up immediately. So this is the morning after Halloween. Yeah. Um, she is still not talking to him until he says that there's going to be a triple-decker ego <laughs> extravaganza. And just like, there's a great scene. Like her eyes just like move yes. to the side. It's amazing. She can't stay mad. Good news, though. It's only 8,000 calories, <laughs> which Hopper realizes that joke falls completely flat because like, 
11 has no concept what the hell is a calorie (laughs) i also think that hopper might be concerned with his weight because there's numerous weight and (laughs) calorie references that's true all the very 80s of him too um before we move on from this scene i just wanted to ask you because it's become abundantly clear that our theories about the potential of 11 and hopper being in on the plan at the end of season one where Hopper directs um, Dr. Brenner and the rest of the lab to the school where Eleven and the boys are hiding. Like, well, that was a really problematic theory and we recognized that, but we also knew, you know, that Hopper as a person was not going to willingly give up Eleven in order to save others. Like, he wouldn't have thrown her to the wolves. And that is abundantly clear at this point that he didn't do that um, and they are not in on it together. So, like, I still have the question and I hope that the show shows us it because it's showing a series of flashbacks of you know filling in some blanks like what was hopper's plan there how like i i just don't understand why he would have sent brenner and the cops to exactly where 11 and the boys were at the end of last season agreed and i i wonder so like they have a discussion in this scene where he says um he's making progress with these people yeah, meaning the lab people. Is that like, right? I think so. Yeah, so yeah. he is, and what do you think that progress for him looks like? Like, uh, That's a really good question. Ultimately, I think that from Hopper's perspective, he thinks that things are potentially more, normal. I don't know, more normal than they are. I continue to kind of be surprised by the fact that Hopper is surprised that all of this, these, you know, like, rotting slimy Circle things around the lab. direct to the lab. Like I was expecting it to be less obvious than yeah. that. I mean, you know, the I I really get the impression that they all think with the exception of Nancy, surprisingly, that like all of this is over and everyone who was responsible for it was dead. And that although Hopper is reluctant, he seems to think that like Owens is somehow better than Brenner Mm. and uh, that, that uh, he has a handle on what's going on in the lab and how it pertains to his town. But I mean, like that's obviously not the case, but that's, that is what I think. I think that he is referring to the fact that he's like, this is under control. Although they're still doing stuff. I have an agreement with them. We've agreed to keep it out of the town. They are, you know, going to come and do the testing that I demanded, even though there was some pushback. I don't know. That's all I got. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, we can talk more to there because there's that discussion between them, but yeah, making progress with these people. I still feel like there is something up his sleeve in terms of, where he thinks he's getting. I mean, he is envisioning a time when Elle would be able to Walk visit Mike. And he knows, I think it's interesting that he knows that she's visiting him. He references that um, he's willing to go check on him. The boys yes. later on reference that they should bring D'Artagnan to Hopper, that that's the first place they should go. So there clearly is a good relationship and yeah. rapport and, and trust in each other that they have this kind of adult source they really feel like they can bring this stuff to who's not who's going to treat it seriously. Agreed. So I don't know. I wonder if like I'm making progress means something more than we're seeing. Maybe I'm just hoping maybe that's just wishful thinking, but it, right. like, cause it doesn't, I know what you mean. Like he really genuinely seems surprised that all the pumpkins are related to the lab and it's like, how, but I know how are you surprised yeah. by that? Yeah. It's also, I mean like it, uh, it, it surprises me, for instance, that no one from the lab is following Hopper into the woods to find um, right. to find out where he's going. Right. That, I don't know. It's just um, uh, 
yeah, I'm just going to suspend my disbelief on some of that <clears throat> stuff and go with it. But yeah, I think that I hope that you're right uh, and that there is a little bit more to it. And he's got more up his sleeve than what we're seeing so far. Yeah. Um, so this does not go well when he says it'll be soon. He's obviously been telling her this. And this was kind of our point at the end of last episode, which is like, how long does he think he can just keep doing this? But I really believe that in his mind, he thinks it's just a couple more days. It's just a couple more days. Yeah. And that's how they've gotten to almost a year of Hiding. this delay yeah. where Elle just spends her entire day watching TV, which is no life for a kid. And it's amazing that she listened to him for this long. It's a, it's a credit to their relationship and to his the trust she has in him that she yes. even went through with this plan for this long. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but he, now she's no longer taking the when it's not dangerous anymore thing um, anymore. And she has a freak out. Uh, yeah, exactly. And the ego extravaganza is destroyed. Oh, yeah. It's only sad. like it's only 100 calories if you just throw it on everybody and <laughs> don't eat the whole thing. Um, so at Joyce's house, they're um, struggling to find her keys. It turns out that Bob finds her keys because he has slept Spent over. Jonathan is not. Not. not so this it. relationship is not as progressed as I thought it was in Me episode either. one. Yeah, I yeah. really got I the impression like, oh, that this was quite long, yeah, no. long standing. But like, given that there is surprise that he has slept over, this might have been even yeah. the first time that he has. It's like always sleeping like over now, or at least with new. them there. Yeah, exactly. And know. even when in a later scene, Bob says to Joyce, I really like you. Like, they haven't dropped the album yeah. yet. and Bob wants to. He wants to <laughs> so bad. Yeah. Which really kind of gives me some new insight, too, into the fact that Bob was nervous that he made it. I overstepped when he said, let's move away together. Yeah. And at the time, I was like, oh, Bob, you're so sweet. But now I'm like, kind of, Bob. Yeah. You're asking her to move away before you've even told her that you, you love, love her. her. Yeah. So it seems a little too new, although I still, like, appreciate his yeah. offer and sentiment. I think they move incredibly slow, you know, like, especially yeah. like she, he's met the boys is a big deal, but yeah. Yeah. So Bob finds the keys and then Joyce is running late again. So uh, she needs someone to take Will to school and Bob offers, which is very sweet. He asks Will if he wants to ride in the Bob mobile and then maybe just like um, <laughs> continuing on with that scene. So they're in the car together and um, and Bob asks Will if he's still having nightmares and he like tries to relate to Will in a way that for me really highlights the problems with Bob being involved in their life at this stage because he ends up giving Will terrible, terrible advice. So he tells the story about how when he was younger, there was Mr. Baldo, a clown who um, just scared the shit out of him, which I kind of don't blame him for. Yeah. I also like the like it cross-referencing here. Oh, totally. Because you've got like, you know, Finn Wolfhard was in it and who's the Well, that's Mike. so true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who apparently came back to the Stranger Things set cursing like a madman. Really? Like, learned all these. Well, not learned. These kids are not that young, but like, anyway. Yeah. Um, so he tells of Mr. Baldo and how he scared him so much that he had to like sleep with his mom and he had nightmares every night. Poor Bob. I know. <laughs> and, um, and Will really seems to relate to this. Like he is captivated by this story that Bob is telling him. So Bob stops, um, sorry, caps the story by saying that the nightmares stopped abruptly when he finally stopped running from Mr. Baldo in his nightmares and instead stood up to him and just told him to go away way so you know this is obviously bob trying to give will some 
you know, some advice that for any other kid who's having run-of-the-mill nightmares might be great advice, but it is not good advice for Will. And I don't think Hopper ever would have told him to do this. (laughs) I mean, totally, because there's... Bob does not know that it's anything other than nightmares. Yeah. Like, it's clear that he still doesn't know... He doesn't know anything about the Upside Down or the incidents. Um, And so Hopper would be a much better resource... Uh, here, but even Hopper is not giving Joyce good advice because he's saying he just thinks it's PTSD and it's just flashbacks. So, like, that's true. I think there's no good grown up advice here at all. And I think Will has now tried running for a year. It's not working out either. So, like, his decision to face it may have eventually come about anyway. And maybe it's for sure prompted by but Bob. It, but I mean, yeah. it didn't. But it I do think that there's going to well. be. It did not go well, as we know by the end of this episode. But there's an alignment here between Bob and Will. And how similar they are. And Bob talks yes. about it with Joyce later on, too. That, For sure. That they are much more kindred spirits than anyone really in Will's life. Like, no one's been through the bullying like Bob has. No. You know, Jonathan absolutely. hasn't. You're absolutely a, right. Yeah. And I will say, because I do think that everything sort of happens for a reason, that I, I think that we are going to get a callback to this moment at a later point in yes. the season where it goes differently. Where right. Will and the group or whoever it is, they take a stand and yeah. then it's going to end very well. Um, but I think that at that point, Will will be better informed about what he's facing. He will have his support system and a, his group of friends behind him. They will have a great plan. Um, as it stands right now of course you're right Bob has no way of knowing that he's not giving great advice and Will is trying something different because what he's currently doing isn't working unfortunately it did not work out well for him by the end of the episode did you think so he starts off by asking if Will was milling around oh yeah because like like, he was you could hear him. He could hear him in the night. Because Bob slept, slept over. So, like, uh, yeah. and I had this, like, thought, although I think it's more likely after this episode, but, like, could Will be acting involuntarily on behalf of something in the Upside Down in this world? I think that that is a really good idea. And I actually came to that same sort of conclusion, but not at this point. I was thinking that now that this shadow monster, I think we should start calling spider monster Shadow, shadow monster? monster? I like it. Thank yeah. you. Um, so now that this like shadow monster has invaded Will, I think that that now is the time that he's going to start, you like know, sort of acting un- involuntarily, behaving differently, etc. Yeah, kind it's of a possessed. Cult. Yes. Yeah. Like like um, Mr. Clark was introducing in his class when he's talking about Phineas Gage, right. who is physically fine, but after this injury is acting like a completely different person. Right. So now that it's introduced, it will exactly be going that, that the show definitely has a structure of doing that. They yes. introduce something yes, to no us. there's no way that that is just... It's not Mr. in there Clark for no teaching. reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so yeah. at this point, I don't think that he is milling around because he's, you know, yeah. possessed in some way, but I think that perhaps he is now. Right. Yeah. Uh, so there's a quick scene with Dustin uh, taking library books out where he just steals them. <laughs> it's a quick, like, look over there. Yeah. As if the librarian, who clearly knows him, will not know. But he exactly. wants these reptile books. And then there's, oh, go ahead. I have something to say okay. about the, the very quick library scene. Did you notice on the way into the library that it says vote here November 6th? Yeah. Okay. Question. Oh, is there something about election night? Is, is Hopper an elected official? He's sheriff. But everybody's got Reagan Bush signs on there. Or not Reagan Bush. Those guys were on the... Oh, yeah. those are That's the ticket. Everyone has Reagan Bush signs on their lawn. We've seen them, like, the... That's the 
that would be president and vice president. So they everybody's there's a it's a it's so a, completely completely unrelated is just like oh, it's just think set like dressing, sheriff might be. I think it's a good point in the sense that November sixth, which is now a week away, because yes. it's the now it's November first. Maybe that's some sort of like because it's a good point. The show doesn't do anything for nothing, and then we've seen those signs everywhere. It's on the it's on Mike and Nancy's. Front lawn, it was on the rich kid people's houses. I mean, front to your point, it could very well be just like setting the times. Yeah. It, I mean, they do do a lot just to kind of give us the throwback of this is the world they were living in in the 80s. Or is it November 6th? Like maybe this culminates on election night and there's like something, you know what I mean? Like all the grown ups are busy maybe. watching election results for this big 84 election and right. therefore it gives like a chance. But if Hopper is elected official, I don't think he, first of all, how would he have ever gotten elected? Like, he's like the most, <laughs> like, least politically minded, you know what but I mean? most like, small town sheriffs are elected. And are, are they not? Well, okay, this is where, clearly we're Canadian. Yeah. This where this does not happen. <laughs> so, like, U.S. listeners, send your feedback to kjrkeps.com slash feedback. I, he's the chief. Is, like, police different than sheriff? Like... So here is why I was thinking of it. It got so just seeing the sign kind of got my brain moving. And then, of course, I was picking up on things that whether they were intended to or not were supporting my theory or I was I was making them support my theory. Right. So the first is that um, Barb's parents are really critical of of Hopper um, and his inability to find Barb. You know, there is a sentiment there that he didn't do his job well. And then we have the conversation between Lucas and Max about how it is common knowledge that um, Will Will's body was misidentified and that's the reason why they had a funeral and whatever. Like, we know all of this stuff is untrue, that it isn't yeah. Hopper who's making these yeah. mistakes. But if the common perception amongst unknowing Hawkiners is that all of this stuff is happen- happening because Hopper is just incompetent. Mm. And then on top of that, there is this confrontation between Hopper and Dr. Owens where Hopper's saying, we have an agreement. I think keep things quiet for you. Now you need to do this for me. And and Dr. Owens is really not receptive to the perception that Hopper is giving him orders. I mean, maybe they oust him and bring somebody in who's more sort of congenial to the, the directives of the lab. Yeah. Although, like, Hopper knows so much that that's, like, a tricky relationship to manage. Like, mm-hmm. you've like what's his incentive to then not try and go, like, public or expose something? Like, he's basically saying, you know, you do this for me and I keep things, like, well-oiled for you. Mm-hmm. And the only way to do that is to, like, know. But, yeah, like, maybe. I just I think mean, if he's running, it, it would have been indicated and also like i just i don't think he gives a shit and if he wasn't chief anymore that he would still just insert himself and like yes i was thinking that like in terms of storytelling like if in season three instead of having an inside guy in the police force that he is now on the outside with joyce and the kids and whoever and that there is a big bad that they are fighting and they no longer have this insider track and in in addition to the lab they now have to contend with a new sheriff who's 
who right. is putting up roadblocks. It's just a thought. I'm probably reading too much into things, but like fun to fun to theorize. I think it's a good point to pick up on all the election gear that's everywhere, though, because I did I noticed that too that it's mm-hmm. the libraries where you vote. I definitely have noticed all the election signs. So maybe it'll just it present itself just in a different dressing? way. Yeah, yeah. But no, but I, I mean, maybe that's it. That is it, and like we're gonna be you know blindsided by, it. and the intention is to be blindsided that they haven't talked about it because of X. Um, but yeah, be interesting to see. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then there's just the other scene that you've already really mentioned, which is just that Lucas is explaining to Max, and of course it doesn't make sense why Will is called Zombie Boy or Will's whole story because yeah. the parts that are public versus the parts that aren't don't line up. So she is like, yeah, clearly like I don't understand. Doesn't make any you had sense. a funeral yeah. after a week. Like, yeah. what are you even talking yeah. about? Um, so Will gets dropped off at school, and while he's walking walking in, we see more looks from uh, the other kids at, at school. So, like, poor Will. Yeah. He's just, like... Um, he can't go anywhere without being, like, some sort, sort of sideshow. Sideshow, like, yeah. exactly. Um, so then we have Mr. Clark talking about Phineas Gage, which we've already discussed, which is the case where, like, a railroad spike uh, goes through his skull, and then although he fully recovers physically, he's, like, an entirely different person. I studied this in Psychology 101. Did you really? Yeah. It's his frontal lobe, and it's, like, that's where your personality is, and so he became this super awful human being, and he was, like, super mean, and, yeah, anyway, but otherwise was physically fine. Very strange. That is so interesting. Yeah, I don't think it's coincidence that they, um... That, that they brought this up. Also, uh, on a similar note, we did get in episode one that Dr. Owen said that uh, Will may have personality changes as right. a result of the anniversary effect. So they're I kind think of setting it they're up setting that it up. He'll be, yeah. I think so for sure. So Dustin bursts in dramatically in the middle of the lesson and he's like, carry on, please carry on, Mr. Clark. And then like sits down in the front row and so obviously like oh, has, the has a huddle with his friends like Dustin you're not subtle no. <laughs> and like when he's like carry on my lord I know <laughs> it's just like, oh, oh they're God. so delightfully they weird uh, so uh, we see when he pulls out his uh, his textbook out of his bag that D'Artagnan is in the Ghostbusters trap yes, and of course is. that is what he wants to show his friends at lunchtime oh man uh, so then the quick scene where Hopper has mapped out the uh, rotting crops and he takes off for the lab. But we mm-hmm. know that. Yep. Uh, back in the cabin in the woods. So Elle is in bed after Hopper's left and she's clearly restless. She puts on the blindfold and rips it off immediately. And she walks to the door with the four locks on it. So then we get this kind of interspersed of Hopper introducing uh, the cabin to her. So it was his granddad's cabin in the woods. It was... Mostly used for storage. It clearly no one's living in it. Yeah. He has a box with the name Sarah on it. Yes. Of stuff. His daughter's stuff. Exactly. And says that there's a lot of history there. Um, and he says, this is your new home. He's just the best. I, I just like know. love him so much in this. And she repeats the word home. Um, and then there's a great flashback. I There needs to be more Hopper dancing flashbacks. Oh, my God. This is so out of character for him. But it is like, it is such an especial like soft spot for me to see a character who is crotchety at the surface yeah. and has a lot of baggage and history and then has these like glimpses of just the softest heart. And that's it. And it's like, we didn't see this. We just saw really sad Hopper and these really tragic flashbacks from last time. But he was so attached to his daughter, which is why the death has affected him so greatly, which is why he's, you know, so closed off. But this is exactly that 
dad who fell yeah. in love with his daughter. And you know what I mean? Like, so we're seeing Dad Hopper kind of at his best here. Uh, yeah. So he's got this Jim Croce album dancing. And then there's an awesome montage of cleaning Clean the cabin. Exactly. Where Elle learns how to sweep. Um, <laughs> all the locks go on the doors. We see her, him teaching her Morse code. Oh, quick side note. This is not me. I did, um, I clicked on an article that was specifically about this episode and then had to close it quickly before it spoiled things. There was an actual Yelp, you guys. (laughs) I was like, oh God. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so I did catch a few things that are not me picking this up. It is the internet. Uh, Anyway, so the secret knock that um, Hopper gives Elle to come in, um, means us in Morse code. Oh, that's cute. How cute is that? Oh, that is so cute. Yeah. I'm glad you found that fact. That's yes. amazing. Uh, the TV comes in and then he sets up this tripwire with um, a bullet and a mousetrap so that it's going to go off like a shot if anyone comes across yeah. the tripwire. He tells her the bad man men aren't going to find her, um, but there's going to be these ground rules. And these are the ground rules that until this point... Uh, yeah. Almost a year later, she has stuck to. So the first one is always keep the curtains drawn. That's out the door. Yep. Uh, only open the door if you hear the secret knock. Nope. Uh, and don't ever go out alone, especially in the daylight. Uh, and so she does all of those. Steps out. Yeah. And because uh, they're not stupid. And she says she the look of determination in her face. But it takes her a lot. Yeah. To go and break those rules. So. I have to say, I probably might be the min- in the minority here, but I'm annoyed with Elle over this. I'm annoyed. Oh, how can you blame her? No, I don't. So you know annoyed. what? Yeah. I don't. I don't blame her. But yeah, at she's all. gonna get into trouble. And I, um, I, I don't blame her for doing it. And I'm not annoyed that she did do it. Yeah. What I'm annoyed about is that she took this enormous risk. Was incredibly conspicuous, as we know, with this like, you know unintended meetup with the mother and daughter. Like, you don't have to use your telekinesis to get out of every tight spot. So very conspicuous. And then all of that culminates into her finding Mike... And, and making assumptions. And making assumptions and doing nothing and saying nothing. I'm like, what did you take this big risk for? I know. But I do think it's like... Those are all symptomatic of Hopper messing this up. And I think he's done an incredible thing. And I, like... Love him, but I think keeping a child unsocialized yeah. for 256 days More. or 356 days or whatever yeah. um, has led to the fact that maybe if they had just gotten to go, like he could have taken her. I understand why he doesn't want to, but like they could have just done a little bit or he, like, there could be something and he's so afraid that he doesn't want to do any of it. And then that has therefore resulted in right. really bad behavior. You're right. I mean, but though, I know what you but mean. Like, I'm annoyed too. And like, I, like this is life or death yeah. here, right? Like, and um, she should like, she can't give credit to her friends. And why didn't she just like, you know, why is she making assumptions instead of actually like being with them so and do you think that the assumption that she made is that like she has been replaced yes. by max and that is my reading of it yeah what do you think yeah i agree i just don't like and that is the kind of storytelling device that annoys me a yeah. little bit and it was something that we actually praised stranger things a lot for in season one and i think that they continue to do a good job of sort of um zigging when we think they'll zag like they don't always take the tried and true storytelling trope that a lot of other shows will take including frustrating 
instances where another show might, you know, have a character be uninformed for episodes on end while we, the viewer, are like, oh my God, like someone just tell this person. This show didn't do that. But this is an instance where I think that this is an annoying... I think they're doing Ella real disservice by having, like, the, the... Interaction between Hopper and Al is incredibly rewarding and excellent. So I see that side of it, but I agree with you totally. And I think it's not great for both plot and character that she is not getting a chance to interact with the kids because that is the best thing about the whole show is the kids interacting with each other and like. So it's only episode two. I hope that they wrap this up really quickly. I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Jeez. So it's episode three of nine. So it's not nothing. Um, yeah, but We're third so, of the way through and she has, still hasn't interacted with any. Yeah, and I, yeah. I hope that she does uh, very soon. So my hope is that they wrap this whole misinterpretation of what she's seeing between Mike and Max. Like, let's wrap it up quickly and get her back with the group. And the only thing I'll say is that we seem to be going through, like, we're very, like the last season too, like... This is only going to all take place in the span of like a couple a handful of, days. of days. And so I wonder what we'll get because knowing there's multiple seasons of this incredibly successful Netflix show, like yeah. <laughs> what they'll end up doing. But yes, let's, yes. Okay, so we're in the high school gym. Uh, Steve is playing basketball against a shirtless Billy. He just like doesn't, doesn't own like a shirt, I think. wearing shirts. <laughs> uh, Billy continues to be the absolute worst. Ugh. And he really kind of like rubs it in Steve's face that, uh, you know, apparently. Steve is no longer king of the school and Billy is well on his way to taking his place as like the giant douche king of the douches. Which I think makes more sense as to the party last time. Like Steve obviously fell off his perch before Billy arrived. Billy is now taking that yeah. role. But I would say that this all has to do with Nancy. A hundred percent. I think that ultimately it was probably the fight that he had with Jonathan where right. Jonathan beat the shit out of him. Yeah. And then in response to that, Steve told off if he's told off his friends. Yeah. Uh, Cindy and whoever. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, Cindy, it's Cindy, right? Who seems to be sort of like uh, getting close with Billy. Billy? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. In, a, in any case, like, I think that Steve chose Nancy over yeah. his douchebag friends. And, uh, and now Billy is sort of replacing him. So um, Nancy appears and they go outside to talk. She's mad because Steve didn't pick her up first period. And this is like the worst of Nancy. I, yeah. Like, I'm like, how can you show up pissed? Exactly. Like, uh, on a side note, too, I can't believe that they had that party on a school night. I agree. <laughs> and that everyone's even functioning. <laughs> Come like, on. You went to sleep with a shirt drenched in like pure alcohol. Yeah. And you're just look, you look nice the next day. <laughs> like you're late nice. because he didn't pick you up. Like, you know, you're late because you were hung over his shit right. and can't even. I'm going to have my head in a toilet <laughs> the like, whole next morning. Bring me morning. three Big Macs. I'm not moving oh, anywhere. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, so Steve corrects her that he did not take her home the night before. That was her Whoops. other boyfriend, Jonathan. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Nancy says she doesn't remember anything. And Steve sort of, like, fills her in on her whole bullshit speech, including the fact that she told Steve in not so many words that she does not love him. So um, Nancy says, like... Like, it didn't mean anything. She was just drunk. And Steve tells her, well, tell me I'm wrong then. And before she gets a chance, there's definitely a moment of hesitancy. I find her, like, demeanor really changes there. Yes. Like, as he's telling her the bullshit story and that they killed Barb, blah, 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 she goes from being, like, indignant and whatever to being, like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. And then she she has a chance there to be, like, of course I love you. Like, you're crazy. And she doesn't. She does not. So even though he's called away, it's, like... 
Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we knew there was trouble in paradise with Nancy and Steve, and it's really come to a head yeah. at this point. Uh, so we're at the AV club at noon, the top secret meeting. Everybody is there. Um, Except Max, she is locked out. No, not yet. She oh. is in this one. She's the one who says that he's gross and she doesn't want to hold him. She gets right. locked out. In the, as soon as they start talking about Upside Down. Upside Down, that's Max when she's locked out. Yeah. Of course, you're right. Um, so they're passing around D'Artagnan. He's disgusting. It's Mike who finally like holds him. So they talk about where they think he comes from scientifically. It doesn't make any sense. There's only a certain number of terrestrial polywogs. Um so they it's kind of like in this discussion that Will realizes that this might be related to the slug that exactly. he coughed up. And all the chittering that he heard everywhere from his last Exactly. Ex- the sounds are clearly episode. the same. Um and they decide all the boys decide they're gonna take it to Mr. Clark and they're super like enthused and Dustin's gonna name a new species. Yes. Uh, and Will looks concerned. Very. Rightfully so. Yeah. Good job, Will. So Joyce is at work and Bob brings her a sandwich and they have a really cute lunch where uh, he apologizes for potentially overstepping the night before when he asked her to move away. But she assures him that he didn't. Um, And that's um, where he talks about the fact that his uh, camcorder it was a little bit dinged up. Yeah. And uh, when he watched the footage, But his only concern is because he saw bullying. I Bob know. is the truly best guy. Like when he, he first is, says that, I'm like, oh, he's shit. He's pissed about his camera. But he's not. He's like, I he just want to tell a you some older boys. Person. Yeah. And uh, he talks about how he really identifies with Will because he has had a lot of experience with bullies. And what he loves about Joyce is that she punches back. And we love that about Joyce, too. She takes no shit. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so, yeah. No shit. He says that the bullies seem to, like, di- you know, rub it in just a little bit more when you're someone who who doesn't punch back. That's right. Yeah. Which de- is definitely Will. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Hopper's at the Hawkin la- Hawkins lab. So we've kind of already talked about this, but basically Dr. Owens is like, this doesn't have anything to do with me. And Hopper says, whatever it is, is spreading from the lab. The pumpkin rot. Right. Exactly. All the, all the weird rot. And um, Dr. Owens says, that's impossible. The last burn was two days ago. It's contained. What does that mean? Right. So like, what does Hopper think is happening there? So whatever he thinks, like Hopper, it has to be at least familiar enough with what's going on at the lab, at least in in a way that Dr. Owens has presented it. Whether Correct. or not he's presenting what they're actually yeah. doing, Hopper is in the know about what what they're doing there in some capacity. That the town doesn't know. And, right. like, whether it is related to the Upside Down or not, that there's something happening. All those guys are out in hazmat suits. It's up to Hopper to keep that under wraps and mm-hmm. to make up something that makes sense that will work. So I was sort of thinking that, like, remember when I was saying that when the, like, soldier spacesuit guy was doing the um, flamethrower yep. uh, in episode one. Which I thought one. was the egg, and now I don't think that anymore. Right. Like, yep. it seemed as if the organic matter was expanding. Right. And so and they're, like, they were it back. burning it back. Yeah. Yeah. So my thought is that Hopper is of the opinion, or at least his impression of what they're doing is keeping the upside down out of their world. Yeah. So they can't close down the lab because it would just... Spread. Spread. And so they, yeah. Maybe Hopper thinks that they are working on a way to close Close the portal. Which does not seem to be the case when you actually see what they're doing. But that would make sense from a perspective as to why that thing is even still there and he hasn't just said, get the hell out of town. Yeah. And like why he has this relationship to keep the quiet and they keep 
their shit out of his town. Um, so he does scare him enough that he ends up going and he's like, oh, you were right. I'm glad we're here. It's like, mm. why, like... Yeah, I can't put my finger on Owens just yet and, like, what his motivations are, but he, he's he's not a good guy. No. Nobody in that lab is good. No. Period. It's like the, it's like the Death Star. Nobody is good. <laughs> <laughs> if they come from the Death Star, you should just assume they're, they're bad. bad. Yeah. Um, so okay. Weird. So Nancy and Jonathan are having lunch, and Nancy's trying to figure out what happened the night before. Uh, so Jonathan's covering for Steve, saying that Steve asked him to take him home, and he was really upset, but also worried about Nancy. That isn't really what we witnessed uh, at the end of the party. Steve that storms is like out. Dedication and to make Jonathan. that story up. Yeah, like man, Jonathan is a good guy. I know. Um, so Nancy thinks that there's a possibility that she actually did mean the things that she said to Steve when she was drunk and she doesn't actually love him. She just can't continue to pretend that everything is okay. Um, and, uh, and Jonathan, you know, says that he really kind of relates because even though Will came home, Will is not the same anymore. Um, and, uh, you know, like Nancy's mad that the people who did this got away with it. And Jonathan says they're all dead now. But Nancy does not believe Do you believe it. that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I meant when I said earlier that everyone aside from Nancy, surprisingly, seems to be of the the opinion that these people are all gone and that there isn't anything to worry about anymore. Which is funny, though, because like, yes. Anyway, it is because... You know, Jonathan's living with Will. It's clearly not all gone away. But exactly. yes, she's the one saying things aren't going to go back it the way they were. It has to be just like, it has to be just some wishful, wishful thinking. Thinking, yeah. Thinking, yeah. Um, so uh, Nancy then sees someone listening to a Walkman and seems to have some kind of idea. And he asks... Jonathan, your mom's boyfriend works at Radio Shack, right? And Jonathan says yes. And then they they skip fourth period. Yeah. And later in the episode, they go back to Nancy's house with a Radio Shack bag. Thoughts? I feel like they know that their phone call is being listened to. Agree. And that they're trying to capture something on a recording? Question mark. Yeah. Like, why the Walkman? So, I don't think that it's a Walkman. I think that... I don't think what they purchased is a Walkman. Okay. I think the show is trying to make us think that. Okay. So, it's like, she sees a Walkman, and it prompts her to think of Radio Shack. It doesn't necessarily mean that what she's purchasing is a Walkman. And then she uses the excuse when she sees Karen, mm-hmm. and she says, oh, you went shopping? She says, oh, my Walkman died. But neither of those things means that they actually purchased a Walkman. Uh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, you know, stretching things, but I, I did have a similar thought to yeah. you. It's like, I thought that it was a recording device, you know, right, okay. instead of playing music. A, yeah. Like, I thought that it was like a tape recorder. Um, right. Where they could potentially, like, if, I don't know, like, I went to crazy places. But, like, if Nancy has a tape of Barb's voice... That they could like make some kind of message yeah. from Barb yeah. or you know like something along Play her those lines. Something or yeah, because she wants to tell her her mom, but like Barb's mom is going to go to that place because she doesn't know any different. Right. So and they the people listening know that that's what's happening. Yeah. So like something is going to. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree that Nancy is uh, expecting someone to be listening on the line. Yeah. Um, what, yeah, what they do when Barb's mom appears at that place at that time. But I'm glad to see Jonathan and Nancy planning things together because I I find they come up with very good plans and lit lit the Demogorgon on fire last time. Yeah, they did. And even with Steve trying to ruin the whole thing. So, like, they 
whatever it is, I think it is intelligently thought through yeah. and a good idea. So I'm excited for it. I agree. Um, so, yeah, I think that I think that's it for the that for yeah, that scene. Those eh? guys, yeah. Uh, so this is the scene where Elle's in the woods and can, she finds the comes across the woman um, pushing her kid on a swing set, and it flashes back to Hopper reading um, Anne of Green Gables to Elle, which of course is a oh. first of all East Coast Canadian story. So ha, point point to East Prince Coast Edward Canada Island. exactly, um, and also a story about orphans. I know, and, and very sad. Here is something else that I discovered in this article. In the flashback of season one of Hopper reading a story. That's what he was reading to, to her. his daughter right. in the hospital. He was reading that book. Ugh. Uh, which so I think mean. also, when we did the recap of that episode, we were like, East Coast Canada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true. We're just like, yes, us. We're not uh, even from she, Prince Edward Island. It should, but it's just close yeah, enough. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. From the other it two not, It should not come as a surprise to our listeners at this point that we are East Coast Canadians. No, we've gotten a couple of notes saying that we have accents. <laughs> And like and like funny turns of phrase. Yeah. I mean, to us, we just speak normally, but to other people, it's like hilarious Canadian. A soda is sayings. a pop. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, so Elle asks about her mother in this scene, and Hopper says that she's not around anymore, and she's gone. Sad. And she Elle like cries. Yeah, like it's like. This is a girl we don't see much emotion from that often, and mm-hmm. there is real tears. And I think I think that the, it's sort of like poignant that Hopper doesn't lie to her. Right. He doesn't say her mother's dead. Yeah. He says her mother's gone. Right. And that is an accurate reflection of what Terry Ives' state of mind is yeah. right now. Um, so yeah, like such a sweet scene between the two of them. Very. I love this little mini like, family. I'm sorry about that kid. Yeah. And like, what else can you really, you know, it is heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, and this woman kind of snaps her out of it by asking where her parents are. And then, to your point, Elle is very conspicuously makes her exit by wrapping the... Like, she's... There's a lot of emotions going I on. I know, of she's course. she's channeling for that. Sure. But yes, but like, terrible decision. I probably would have complained as well <laughs> if Elle pulled a Dustin and was like, what the hell? <laughs> and then ran away, you know? Like, that would have been completely Look out of character for her. Yeah, so. exactly. Um... So Joyce is at home on a mission. Uh, she wants to see what's happening uh, on the uh, camcorder tape. Uh, so she tries to put the tiny little tape in oh, the VCR and like tries all different angles. And then finally calls Bob and is like, this tape has shrunk. So like, I'm such a jerk. So when Bob said he worked at like Radio Shack, I super like looked down my nose. But my, I am interpreting Radio Shack from a 1990s perspective, which I think is when the organization of Radio Shack, but I think Radio Shack was pretty cutting edge in the 80s. It and absolutely he, Right? Was. So he's yeah. like, like this very is a knowledgeable. Yeah. It's not like a retail job which is you know i was like how is he bob the brain and then he didn't but he obviously has a ton of technical knowledge right he works in their like technical red phone answering section yes of, oh my god if, if radio shack were in a different place right now i would be like oh my god you guys it's just constant radio shack product placement yeah. they're really pushing radio shack on us in this case yeah. there's no way <laughs> yeah not the case but yeah you're right like he is um you kind of forget that people do 
simply don't know how technology works in the 80s and he is incredibly knowledgeable about this cutting edge, edge technology. Yeah. Um, so once she gets technical support from Bob, she is able to actually set up the, um, the video and watch what took place. So in addition to seeing the bullies that initially scared Will, we see this really interesting shot of like Will still in our world, but clearly for him, he him is yelling. in the upside down. Exactly. We can Mike's see name. him yelling Mike's name, yeah. which he did once he transitioned to the upside down. So like that was telling. Yeah. And then in addition to that, uh, we see the shadow monster. Crazy. Uh, yeah. So like it's kind of like flickering and staticky, yeah. but Joyce can see the outline of the shape that she determines is the exact same shape as the drawing that Will did. So in an instant, she has confirmed that like. This is really it's happening. It's real. Yeah. And this is where we start to see obsessed Joyce come back, which yeah. clearly Bob has not seen. Like, she hangs up on him as soon as he gets it working. Yeah. She's tracing <laughs> the shape. She's comparing shapes. Like, I, this is going to be interesting to see how Bob handles this Joyce going forward. Yeah. Because... I think he's going to be in awe of her. Yeah. I feel like he'll be all in in terms of support. Like, yeah. versus everybody last time who just abandoned her and told her she was crazy. Yes. Like, she finally has an ally. Who, yeah. And she has, and like, she has and Hopper, Hopper too. Course, yes. Too. But, like, yeah. Um. So, there's a quick scene where... Um, Will tells Mike, basically. Like, we don't see that happen. But we know that he's kind of said what he's thinking about and the, about, about the what Dart is. And, yes, yeah. and the slug. And so the, the boys are about to show Mr. Clark, who is just the greatest teacher ever. He's like, oh, this is a really great trap. Do the doors function? And they're like, yeah. forget the trap. We're trying to show you what's inside. Focus, Mr. Clark. Uh, and they end up like running out of the room. We're like, go, go, go. And they take <laughs> yeah. off to have this uh, private meeting. Uh, and which is amazing to me that Mr. Clark is like, they're like, this is about to change your entire life, yeah. Mr. Clark. And he's like, ooh. I'm yeah. intrigued. And then they're like, get, let's get out of here. We need abandoned like, ship or whatever. And yeah. he's like, okay, see you guys. Bye, like, boys. This is just like all part of the course. And I think it really is. Like, that's the level of, yeah. you know, what they just are like. Um, and then we also get Billy and... I think it's Cindy. Cindy, okay. And uh, the thing here is that she asks if his sister is coming. And he says, don't call her that. She's not my sister. And I take off without Max. Okay, what do you think? So I think that they are step-siblings. Right. And so I'm thinking that the whole exchange with Billy saying that it's not his fault or it's Max's fault. I like don't parents. actually think that it that he was saying it's Max's fault. She never says... When he says right. whose fault is yeah. it, she never says mine. I'm thinking that he blames her mother okay. or her father right. or whatever it is, right? So here's in my brain how it played out is that like Billy's obviously a troubled kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy and Max's parents are um, are married. Billy like gets out, gets cut, um, kicked out of school or something, which is why Max says that them moving is his fault. Mm. But in fact, he blames. I don't know, Max's dad for getting right. a job in another city after he gets booted from school and they move. That's like quite the move. Like yeah, they have moved move. literally across country. So that then made me think like, so if it is a job change that brought them there, what's the big job? Right. Like, is it something in the lab? And this is something in the lab. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Dressing. yeah. Uh, I don't know. Will then Max have access to the lab in some way? And yeah. she is, uh, you know, like on missions with the rest of the group. 
is Billy going to be another antagonist that the young kids are have going to have to fight. go up against? I mean, it's clear they're going to have to bring Max into the full circle here because, yeah. like, so the next scene is where she's locked out of the AV club and it's just not going to function. Either the whole group has to be together. Right. Like, you can't just exclude her from some parts and not others. Right, exactly. I mean, at some point, presumably, Max and Elle are going to meet and Max is going to witness Eleven doing her telekinesis right so uh that will raise questions i assume (laughs) um yeah so they're back in the uh in the av club room the boys are at least as you said max is locked out um so they fill the rest of the the guys in that they feel that dart is from the upside down based on will's experience it it is telling that will did not say that he coughed this thing up he yeah it says that will saw something like that in the upside down last year right so he's still not giving them the 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 full whole story right um and will says that it looked like dart but didn't have a tail so mike suggests that maybe will has acquired true sight which is a dungeons and dragons term that ultimately ultimately means that um it gives you the power to see into the ethereal plane so they have come to the conclusion that it, these are not flashbacks. These are real things that are happening. And I read just like a little bit of this. I was hesitant to Google it too much because I am trying to avoid spoilers. Mm-hmm. But I did see one interesting thing that was like, just because you have true sight doesn't mean you interpret everything you see correctly, correctly. on both sides, which I thought was an interesting, like it was a completely not related to uh, Stranger Things site I was reading. Right. And so like... You're able to see it, but you may only be able to see parts or you may not fully understand the context. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it'd be interesting. Like, so anyway, just as a... So um, there is uh, back and forth between Dustin and Mike in particular uh, about whether or not they should go to Hopper, whether or not they should kill Dart, whether or not Dart is evil or not. Um, And in the midst of all of this, Dart sort of busts out of the Ghostbusters trap significantly bigger Bigger, and then grows extra legs. punches his legs out of his own body. Yeah. I mean, like, if that's not freaking you out, Dustin, like you are too committed to this love creature. This is how frogs are made. Not quite this disgusting. <laughs> I mean, it's like I think they come slowly. I I yeah. think that it is not quite this. <laughs> but I mean, like that's true evolution. Well, no, no, it's a beautiful like, thing. Yes, that's right. It's just life happening. That's yes, right. Life finds a way. Uh, so uh, in um, you know, like meanwhile, Max uh, unlocks the door and inadvertently lets Dart out into the school. Uh, and chaos ensues. Chaos ensues. <laughs> uh, so then there's a scene with Nancy and Jonathan that we've already talked about. Uh, I just want to point out that Karen's drinking wine in the middle of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I think is her coping mechanism. Oh my god, so true. Uh, my god, we mom shamed Karen so much, but I'm like, I'm sorry. It's just like it's her choice of husband. <laughs> it's just like. Just like Karen, I just feel like you're so oblivious. So oblivious. Yeah, exactly. She is like. You know, she's a good person. Like the last time Nancy and, and Jonathan started hanging out. Mom, but she just needs to. This all ended up in disaster and right. you ended up with like a billion cops at your house and like whatever. And you're not concerned that suddenly they seem sketchy again. I don't know how many glasses of wine it's been, but like, <laughs> terrible parents. Um, and then the scientists are in the field examining the pumpkins. They're all in hazmat suits. Dr. Owens says you were right about these pumpkins. And he talks about that smell. Again, and that it's nasty stuff. Um, And they're going to have to run more tests and he needs Hopper to keep the area clear, which Hopper's not, like, thrilled about. Yeah. Uh, And then Hopper's police officers call him and it feels like Owens overhears that conversation and is like, 
paying attention i don't think mark. he overhears the exact russian girl spoken yeah but he's definitely suspicious when he sees hopper tearing out yeah of there, which is what prompted me to think like why is the lab not following hopper right you know but yeah. either way yeah um so Elle arrives at the middle school she sees mike's bike and then she searches the school uh for him meanwhile all of the kids are searching for dart using their walkie talkies that they just like travel with everywhere which is adorable um mike and Elle come uh really close to each other and then she like turns the, the opposite direction yeah. whatever um oh my god the best moment was like when Lucas karate kicks the door <laughs> while he's searching. I've watched that scene three times now and I laugh every single every time. time. Yeah. And then there's a teacher inside that is like, like, what are you she's doing? She's not even surprised. She's just like, why are you doing this? Like, I feel like, again, not out of the realm of possibility. Right. So in the course of searching for Dart, Mike and Max both end up in the boys' room and uh, Max confronts him about why he hates her so much and he says, I don't hate you, I don't even know you, but I don't want you in our party we don't need you we have enough members so he goes through what each of them are like i can't remember what they are like yeah lucas is the bard and whatever um i'm i might be wrong on that uh but ultimately what it boils down to is l is the mage Mm -hmm. and uh mike doesn't want max in there yeah so when max asks about who l is then you know mike gives the explanation that she has moved away because i think he kind of is like oh shit i shouldn't even said her name right and he's like oh well she moved away but then that doesn't make any sense as to why he's so set on her being in the group exactly Uh, anyway, so as they are having uh, their back and forth and, you know, when Max is sort of like showboating her skateboarding skills because she wants to be the Zoomer, which is apparently nothing. Uh, but a great idea. <laughs> but a great idea. Yeah. In, their, in their party, Elle witnesses this, seems to misinterpret what's going on in a not so great look for Elle. She makes Max fall off her skateboard. Yeah, not cool, Elle. Like, Elle, you're not the bully. Yeah. Like, that's not cool. Yeah. Um, and then uh, she takes off without so much as speaking to Mike. Yeah. So we've already talked about that and Annoying. how we feel that's problematic. Uh, Joyce panics because she can't get a hold of Will. And obviously the school is used to talking to Joyce. And the school doesn't give a shit that this kid who was like dead last year that everyone had a funeral for. That yeah. the mom seems concerned. So right. points to the school. Um, and she finds out AV was canceled. Will's not home. Panics and heads to school. Um, and maybe just transitioning from there into Will da- is the one who finds Dart doing his little chittering noise. Um, so he approaches Dart kindly and says, I'm not going to hurt you. And Dart screeches. Yeah, I think that like Will is obviously very apprehensive and the screech definitely gives him some kind of like... And it's flashback they all reacted to it too, though. Like even in the other room, they react in the AV club room. They reacted when he screeched too. Like it's yes. like the chittering is one thing, and the screeching feels different, except for Dustin. But he, Dart doesn't ever seem to have screeched at Dustin. I don't know. There's like a weird. So do you think that um, he screeched at Will specifically because he? There's like he senses there's something, something in him. S- that he's sensing. I wonder about that, him. and then Will also interprets it differently because of whatever. Yeah. yeah, that could be for sure. I mean, like, there's definitely something about Will. I think that we were correct in our discussion about Will's interpretation of the shadow monster. Right. It wanted to kill others, but it wanted to go after him. Yeah, because it obviously wanted him for something 
And it caught him. Yes. So, do you want to go into that? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Will is outside remembering what Bob said about not running. So, he is in the upside down, running from the shadow monster, then takes his stand, turns around and screams as it at it to go away over and over but it does not it's like it's like one of its arms sets down like a tornado and then just like invades his body from every orifice it is disturbing and it just ends and then just and no fun music this time just creepy creepy oh my god (laughs) oh Okay, so now we have podcasted episode three. We get to go watch episode four, thankfully. Um, and we shall see how accurate our... Yeah, I mean, like, ultimately, I don't know where they're going with a lot of this stuff, but it feels like maybe there's some, um, you know, directions being pointed in some fun and cool ways. Like, I'm really excited to see. Maybe D'Artagnan will just grow to the size of a golden retriever and become, like, a pet that they just walk around <laughs> with all the time. <laughs> like a super weird dog (laughs) that's right totally normal um okay well i can't wait to do the next one hopefully we'll have this posted um we'll have another one posted for you tomorrow uh so in the meantime happy watching happy listening and thanks jess yeah thanks kim thanks guys bye bye